I think I saw parenthood from a really wounded place. And I spent all my 20s healing mother wounds and father wounds so that I, and granted, we're never all healed. We're always evolving, but I am to the place where I can say like, I am parenting out of overflow and not out of deficit. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. What's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of Amplified. Today I chat with my dear friend, Alyssa Williams, who is a celebrity stylist, investor, speaker, and founder of the Embodied Style Method and the School of Heart-Centered Styling. She is a style alchemist, mixing fashion, self-expression, and a radical call to be your most evolved self to create a wardrobe that feels good and magnetizes abundance to you. Alyssa has worked with brands such as Gucci, Anthropology, Westfield Malls, and Access Hollywood. Through her coaching and trainings, her clients experience freedom of self-expression, radical abundance, and a feeling like no other. They are home in their skin and empowered to fully embody their highest self. When Alyssa is not styling, you can find her enjoying the beach or the mountains in her hometown of Santa Barbara, California, or buying shoes. Alyssa and I have known each other for several years, all the way back to my days living in Santa Barbara. And so this is just so fun for us to connect in this way. And I cherish this friendship as well. And we get into all kinds of stuff from style tips to discovering your own style, to motherhood, to balancing career and becoming a new mom, to so many things. And if you haven't already, we recorded an episode, part one, on Alyssa's podcast. So if you haven't listened to that yet, head on over to her podcast, listen to that episode, and then come back here for this one because it's kind of a continuation conversation. Either way, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation so, so much. So here we go. All right. What's up everybody here with my friend, Alyssa, and I am so excited to have you on the show. Alyssa and I recorded yesterday for her podcast, which was so much fun. And so I'm just pumped to do like part two right now. So that being said, everybody, if you have not listened to the episode on Alyssa's podcast, go do that and then come back here because It's just a full experience, you know? I love this. It's definitely a continuation. Yes. All right. First things first, some rapid fire. What is something you're grateful for right now? Oh my gosh. My home and my daughter. Mm, In my office. Like I'm just in my office. 
I just love the experience of life I've created. You know, I live in Santa Barbara. I have this cute little office that I love. And then I, right before this podcast, I kissed my little daughter and my partner was, you know, about to take her on a walk. And I just thought this is, I have created this life. This is like Mm. really, really such a gift. And I might cry because I'm just so thankful. I love it. That's really beautiful. I love that. I'm so happy for you. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) I love making popcorn, like all different kinds of flavors of popcorn and like doing different spices in it. So it'll be like cheddar and like herbs de Provence or like like different or like even curry or weird things. I think that's a guilty pleasure. My, I love that. And my ex-sister-in-law, she used to do that all the time. And I totally forgot about that. Like I've really lately, like uh, I generally always have like a big bag of like either like just popcorn with olive oil, like just from the store or something, or like the kettle corn, like sweet and salty. And like, that's not like, you know, a little, little treat, but I'm like, oh shit, I totally forgot about like making super, like super yeah. like fancy custom popcorn. I like yeah. That. I love fancy custom popcorn. I mean, I also, I, I think that's definitely, that's for sure guilty pleasure. And I will, I am so known for getting out of my pajamas and doing like an entire day of Netflix and just like binging a show or something. And I used to feel so guilty about it. And now I literally feel 0% guilt and just bask in it and Mm. love it. And it feels like it rejuvenates my soul with my like fancy ass popcorn and my trashy TV. (laughs) I love that. What, what sort of trashy TV do you like to dive into? Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say that I am <laughs> here. We are. Here's the, like the real juicy yeah, goodness of life. So I am rewatching girls that's on okay. HBO with oh. Le- Lena Dunham. I, yeah. that's been fascinating to rewatch. I, before that I rewatched. I forgot about that show. I, know. I don't know if I ever like watched the it in completion, but I liked it at first, even though like, I kind of can't stand Lena Dunham, but like I liked that. Like it was, it's a good one. Yeah. I, for some reason I'm liking it. I, before this did Seinfeld, I watched Seinfeld, um, and the office. Those are probably, I mean, those are my, those are my, a re- so I guess it's, okay, you're a rewatcher. I guess it's not that, no, no, no. but it's not at all. I no, I don't like, I, this is what's happening is that I turn something on, on Netflix and it feels so like not uplifting. And I'm really, I'm like, I don't know if it's hormones from pregnancy or like, or babies or something. I don't know. I just watch something and I cry at everything and I'm scared at everything. Like I'm like, everything is heightened. So I can't watch anything that is, that's like too scary, too sad, too like anything. I just have to have happy things right now. And I'm sure that'll change at some point, but right now I'm like, no, my little happy bubble is so important. And I want to be uplifted and happy when I watch yeah. something. I'm such a rewatcher too. And, and I'll sometimes like, even just this past week and stuff, like, or a couple weeks, I like, I rewatched, I think I rewatched sex in the city, like in a two week time span, like oh. over the holidays. And then I just rewatched parks and rec and for like the, you know, 50th time or whatever. And I decided literally like two days ago, cause I was like, I finished parks and rec and I'm like, and so when I watch stuff, it's not 
I used to like have running shit going like, and this years and years and years ago, like while I was like working sometimes. And it was such a like anxiety codependency thing because like, I was like, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts or I need like chatter and distraction and stuff. So I don't like just be here in silence. Right. Like it was a, such a like anxiety thing. Um, but now it's like, at the end of the day, and I'm going to like, you know, spend 10 minutes on this damn puzzle I've been working on for like two months that I'm like, okay, like what, I don't want to spend the energy to find something. Cause like, there is a lot, there's a lot of good stuff and there's a lot of trash too, right? Like yes. just shitty shows. And, and so I'm like, I've watched friends 500 times, probably like just throw it on. I may not pay attention to anything, but like every once in a while I'll have like a little laugh or like, it's, yeah. it's like also that, like, it's like a comfort food kind of. Yeah. Like, it's familiar. familiar. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I, I feel like Michael Scott is familiar to me. I know him. I'm like, oh, okay. You can make me laugh. I Silly know you can make me laugh. So yeah. And I, you're totally right. It's so much energy to find new stuff that sometimes I get in and I'm like, I cannot watch this. Like, this is yeah. so horrible. We have to turn this off. And then I've wasted time. I've invested yeah. in characters or whatever. Yeah. So. And then I'm like, I've been scrolling on, in, you know, to, yeah. to like find something good. Like, let's just, you know, <laughs> exactly. anyway, um, what is a random fact that most people wouldn't know about you? Um, I grew up abroad. I grew up in Southeast Asia, primarily Vietnam, Hanoi, Vietnam, and went to international schools, my, almost my entire, um, all the way from, you know, eight to 18. And I went to a French um, French international school for three years. So I also was educated solely in Fran- French for three years. Oh, so cool. those are, that's kind of a two in one, but often even for Christmas, I spent Christmas over at a friend's house and she had um, one of her friends just moved here from France and we were talking and I think everybody was like, wait, what? You speak French now? You still <laughs> like, speak French? Yeah, like, I actually, oh. yeah, I mean, it's rusty. I was like, I was yeah. telling him, I'm like, I, it was like this weird you know, I haven't spoken in a long time. And he was like, but you don't have an accent. And I was like, well, I learned really little. So it's definitely a dream to go abroad and go live in France for probably a year or two, just to get it back and even have, it'd be really fun to have my kids educated in French for a little bit, or I don't know, even something like that. I always joked with my dad that I'd buy him a house in the South of France. And, um, you know, I was like tiny and I told him this, you know, and he was like, okay. (laughs) So he reminds me that every once in a while of that, every once in a while, I'm like, okay, mama's got to hit it big here. I mean, I think it's a matter of time, but, um, but I think it'd be so fun to have a little home and take my family there for a season. I completely agree. I love that. If you weren't doing, excuse me, what you do now, what kind of career or job have you always thought was like super cool, but like me, like, and it doesn't matter if you're even remotely qualified for it or if it's realistic, but you've been like, Ooh, that always just looks so cool. And like in an alternate universe, I would try that. Yeah. I'd be probably an investment banker. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That sounds so weird, but I really wish that I had majored in like some kind of finance. I'd for sure be in finance. And even though I'm such a creative and love that. I also feel like numbers and investment is super, super creative too. So yeah, I would, um, and I, and I'm actually really good at numbers. I'm good at that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and you already, you do invest and you're good at investing and all that. Yeah. Yes. So I would, I would do something super nerdy. Like I look at, yeah, I'd go work on wall street in some, some capacity. I look at that and I'm, I mean, the hours are insane and 
it's a little insane, but I just think this would be the best, most fun job. I've like secretly always been jealous of people. One time I dated a guy that was like, um, started his career in finance in that way. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm jealous of you. I'm actually jealous of your, like of this situation. So that's what I would do. Totally random. I'm Very a stylist, interesting. but that's what I would, that's where I'd go. Okay. Okay. What did you want to be when you were little? Um, a, I've two, this is two. I wanted to be a grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> loved my grandmother. She had the best job in my Fender. mind. This is like, so sweet. Like I just thought it, she had the best existence because she had kids. She could send them home, but she had her whole life. She was a yacht club lady. I describe her, you know, she's president of president of the Houston yacht club. So, and played bridge all day, but was like so classy and fancy and also so kind and so fun. We just like spent hours laughing together traveled all over the place. And I just thought that's what I want to be when I grow up, which, you know, when I told people this and I was very little, I think I was like six, they're like, you, <laughs> what? Like, I didn't even want to be a mom. So sweet. I just wanted to like skip to grandmotherhood. Yeah. That's so sweet. Oh my gosh. I love I that. I um, do you have any weird talents or special skills? No, not really. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> I don't think I do. <laughs> um no okay all right well you know keep me posted if you discover any um when's the last time that you cried oh probably a minute ago just thinking about um Merrick my daughter I can think about her I'm like crying right now yeah I cry a lot um and it never I don't I I used to judge it a lot and now I don't just is like this emotion when I I feel things really strongly and that's wonderful that's a wonderful aspect of me so yeah. I have a little tender heart and if something, you know, touches me, then I will, you know, that's, I think that's one of my superpowers. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I relate to that a lot. Um, last time you laughed so hard, you almost peed your pants <laughs> <laughs> or did pee your pants. I don't know. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, this is so fun probably watching the office and I don't even know it was like (laughs) last week or something and I I love laughing and I love when things are just funny and I have a really I think I have an odd sense of humor where everybody's like why is that funny and I'm like I just don't know it's so funny to me and I think I also heard that it's a way that we process trauma like it's one of those like somatic releases and so if there's so if there's, you know, you can cry, you can laugh. And so laughing is one of the ways that you actually release. And, um, so I, I don't pee my pants though. And I'm really thankful for that. I, I have very good, um, control down there, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I, I definitely big, bold, loud laughs and, you know, that's, I love it. there you go. <laughs> What's your favorite meal? Mac and cheese. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I love it. that was like this immediate thing. I, I love, love it. It was like food. No, I no love, thought. Love fancy food. Like I will spend a lot of my money. That is like part of my existence is like luxury and good food. But I just love like lobster mac and cheese or mm. just yes, Velveeta like mac, mac. Truffle mac. Like I listen. I that is my favorite. That is my favorite. We've got to have so like, good. I could have mac and cheese for sure. Last meal, the, the best mac and cheese. 
So good. Where's the next place that you want to travel to? Greece. Mm, I love it. Have you ever been? No, never been to Greece. Nice. So Greece, probably Greece. I just, Greece, um, I'm going to Bali. No, I'm going to Bali. There's like some things that are already on the calendar, but but I've always wanted to go to Greece and it's always been, yeah. and I haven't. And I want to go. So. Yeah, I feel like I'm due for a tropical type of vacation. I'm like, this, all this rain we're getting in Southern California, it is just not the vibe. What the heck? <laughs> all right. That was, that was fun. So shifting, shifting to some of the juicier questions. So obviously everyone knows you are a stylist. You've been doing styling for so long. You teach other people how to become stylists, how to build their styling business, like everything like fashion style. Like I've gotten to work with you on like in, in that capacity too. And like, see you like do your magic as a stylist, which is so fucking cool. So I'm just going to selfishly ask a question for myself right now. Please. I had voice noted you the other day. Like I, it's interesting because I often get a lot of compliments on my style and I feel like I'm good at like business casual, like if I'm speaking at an event or like helping facilitate an event, that sort of thing, the like slightly elevated, but not too fancy. I can do fancy as well, though. There are less like opportunities for that. I feel like I can, I mean, I'm great at like athleisure and like, you know, workout clothes and shit, but I feel like I'm not, I don't know how to dress myself for like mid range style. And I don't know what we call that, but like, for instance, and I think part of it, I think that's like every day. I think that's like, like, that's like like every every day day where that's not just workout clothes. Like, so for example, right now, right. I'm in a leopard print sweater and gray workout pants, right. Which like, if I were going to lunch with somebody, I probably wouldn't want to be wearing yoga pants as well. And so I feel like when, like, if it was like a lunch date or like, you know, even just like a casual, like catch up dinner with a friend. Like, I feel like sometimes like the mid range dressing, like if it's a dress and it's, I think it's a lot easier for me to dress during the summertime, maybe from like living in Southern California for so long that that's just, we have more like warm weather to deal with. And so when it's like fall and stuff, I'm like, I don't know how to put outfits together that are more than one piece. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah. I have two questions for you. Yes. Do you like dresses? Yes. Do you wear jeans? Yes, but not very often. Is comfort important to you? Yes. Like, do you have to want to feel comfortable? Okay. So for dresses, I recommend dresses and boots, like a high boot. You can even do like an over the knee boot and just in a, and a dress. I'm on the hunt for a good pair of over the knee, like stiletto boots right now. Sweater dresses are great. Also like a sweater dress over the knee boot done. You're like, that's perfect. And then yeah. coat over any over it. That's perfect. It's a good California. Um, and then if you're in a colder place, pair, pair it with a tight of some kind and, and a heavier coat. That's one of my favorites. I love a jean. I also love a jogger, like a, a, a silk jogger is one of my favorites because you can do a silk jogger and you can do, you know, really cute sneaker with that or a high. Like a, so like a silk kind of comfy pant sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you could even wear that with what you're wearing right now, this sweater, tuck the little sweater in, put a pair of pants on and you're like done. Yeah. And put a, put a job. I have on. something like that. And I wouldn't think like, sometimes I'm like, no, but that's too, like, am I going to a conference? Right. Cause like my, like my business casual is like pretty bold and like not suits and shit like that. Like it's, it's very me. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. Or joggers, tee, and a jacket over it of some kind. Like yeah. if you have a leather jacket or a faux leather jacket or even some kind of bomber and like, and some, and I don't know what kind of shoes, what are your favorite kinds of shoes to wear? Like, a, I mean, I feel like I wear like a Converse sort of thing, like all the time, or I do have some like, like flat leather boots. I, like I said, I want to get a good, like more dressy mm-hmm. boot. If it's like, a date kind of vibe or even like dinner with a girlfriend, I might put on some heels. Yeah. Kind of a I love like, joggers for that thing. Yeah. Cause you can do heels with joggers. You can do the other thing I'll do is sometimes people are like, I want to like go so far out of my comfort zone. And then it just sits in your closet. So I like to mm-hmm. recommend if you're do Converse, then maybe, you know, maybe start venturing out and do like a Nike, a high top Nike, or, yeah. you know, something that's close. Oh, that you I, have could... so, I have so many shoes. Yeah. Great. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, so I definitely think that those are my recommendations. Okay. Also, if you really like leggings, then maybe get some calfskin leggings, for example, and you can get vegan calfskin. Yeah. I, I think I do need some leggings that aren't, or maybe no. not need, need is very much the wrong word, but leggings that aren't fitness. Like, yes. right. That yes. are like dress leggings. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean like yeah. Spanx and I feel like you or even, yeah, even like faux leather, faux yep. suede, like, yeah. Yep. Okay. And then you could pair those Something. sweaters with an over the knee boot, those faux leather leggings and a sweater. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's a great outfit. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, I love this. this. Is, Wait, I this feel is like... helpful. <laughs> Can you tell you're me like... it's a hundred years for a hundred years? I know. I'm like, no, this is I'll... great. Like, like, well, and even like stretchy and like mid, even slightly over the knee or to the knee, like leather skirt, suede skirt, like that sort of thing can be so easy with like a t-shirt, right. Or even like a cute sweatshirt tucked in or whatever. Okay. Yes. This is really helpful. I love And then like, okay, great. And this is often what I do with actually all of my clients, all of my one-on-one clients, we create what I call uniforms because the thing is you want to be able to know, okay, here's five, here's five uniforms that I know that are like set set outfits. And I can kind of like, it's almost like paint by numbers or not even paint by numbers. But if you ever did those, okay. Some people understand what this is and some people will think I'm batshit crazy, but there used to be this little tool as kids that we'd it almost like we'd trace, we'd put these little tiles, like stack these tiles up and trace them. And it'd be little outfits and it'd be like yes. a top, a yes. bottom, a shoe. And you like fold it over and you're like, you oh, fold it jacket over. on. Yeah. We'll take the jacket off. Turn yeah. the page. Yeah. So I always think that that's exactly, or even like paper dolls. It's exactly what we're playing with. It's like, okay, if you have five sweaters and, and maybe one outfit is a sweater paired over a dressy legging with an over the knee boot. Well, you can have three different kinds, three different bottoms and five different sweaters. And right there, there's what three times five, there's 15 different outfits and just make sure that they all work together. Oh, and I so like that's, that's instantly like, how easy is that? That's yeah. instantly a uniform that, you know, is easy to do. Yeah. I have a lot of those for like conference or like if I'm helping facilitate a training or speaking, speaking or something, I have a lot of those that I'm like, Ooh, this is a bold, but like also professional enough outfit that like is awesome. Like I have a lot of those for sure, because I like have did so much dating the past two and a half years. I have like handful of great date outfits too, but sometimes I'm like, well, I just used my first date outfit and now I'm still dating this person. What other date outfits do I have? Here? <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> I've used oh all my date my outfits. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Okay. I like, yeah, because like, for instance, like right now, one, I'm sitting at home today all day doing podcast interviews. So like, I don't need to be in anything but sweats and stuff like that. 
And if I were going to like, well, I do have a lunch in between my podcast interviews. I'm like, I don't really want to like be in, like I'm fucking wearing, hold on. We're going to reveal right now. Yeah, I'm wearing yeah. like gray sweats. They match my sweater and like dad tube socks, you yeah. know? And so, and so that's where I'm like, oh yeah, a really comfy. Cause I don't want to sit here in jeans, right? Like, no. so, but like a comfy faux leather, cause it's probably a bit more comfortable and more movable and stuff jogger or something. Yes. Okay. This, this is helpful. I like this. Elastic waistbands too. Yes. I am such a proponent. And I, a lot of times as moms too, if there's like entrepreneurs that work at home, or I even hate that word entrepreneur, like like executives or business owners or whatever that work at home, you want to be comfortable. And often you need to look presentable from the waist up. And then if you're going to go, you know, run an errand or grab your kids, you don't want to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm in pajama pants on the bottom. Yeah. So finding things that are comfortable is really, really important. Yeah. That was me yesterday. I was like sleek bodysuit. And then I'm like wearing like fucking sweats on the bottom. Yeah. I was like, Hey, it's totally fine. And like, psych. <laughs> so where does somebody start with finding their own signature style? Yeah. And I know it's a big process and you yeah. go in really deep with clients totally. and it's like very, it's not just like here are clothes. It's like getting to know them and their soul and, and all of that. But like, even just like the starting point with beginning that journey. Yeah. Well, shameless plug, go to my podcast because there's a highest self meditation on there and that will get you. And it's all geared towards finding your unique style. And really, because a lot of times with style, we have all of these preconceived notions of what we should be wearing or what we shouldn't be wearing. And so Mm -hmm. when I start to get into somebody's style, they're like, well, I would love to wear this, but, or, and and so those are some of the things I like to do a meditation because we just get to kind of bypass that and you get to let your highest self or let your unconscious really dictate what it is that mm. you really want to wear. Then I also just ask questions. Like some of the questions I will ask are, if you could wear anything, what would you want to wear? I also like to get to know people's inner child. So if yeah. you tell me about you as a child, what did you like to wear? How did you like to feel? I often tell the story of a client who was a TED, a TED talk. She was giving a TED talk. And so she hired me to do event outfitting and we Mm. were, and I went into her closet and every single thing that she owned was black, which is no shade around black. Right. But I started asking her, so tell me about you as a child, tell me about you. And she's like, oh my gosh. And she totally lit up. She's like, well, I was a dancer and I just wore tutus everywhere, pink and tutus. Mm -hmm. And just, I just was like so light and fun and and I was like, and I, as she's telling me about this and I'm looking at her closet and I'm thinking, wait, there's a big disconnect here. And yeah. so I just started to asking her and she was like, well, to be honest, I'm in psychology and really to be taken seriously, I felt like I needed to wear black. And mm. I'm thinking, okay. So, and now you're about to give a presentation because, and you had, this has worked for you, but this is not your truest expression, you know? Right. And so we ended up going with a navy blue and a green and it was perfect. She looked great, great talk great everything. And then I saw her six months later and she had a new haircut. She was wearing makeup. She had her nails were painted pink and she was wearing like a pink sweater, high heels and these like distressed denim. And it was like, I was looking at a different person, like a a completely, (laughs) you know, I was like, whoa. And she just said, after working with you, I realized I was really stifling. I was 
trying to be somebody that I really wasn't. I was trying to wear all black yoga pants and all black and all black everything. And that wasn't my truest essence. So I think getting to know your inner child and what would be the most fun, what makes you do a happy little dance. You know, when you put something on, does it feel comfortable? Does it feel alive? I often work with people doing something that I call style power words. So when you look in the mirror, do you feel like, what are your style power words? You know, what are you creating in your life? What are those things? And when you get dressed, if your style word might be like sexy, and let's just say your style power words are sexy, confident, alive. And you look in the mirror and you just say, does this make me feel sexy? Does this make me feel confident? Does this make me feel alive? And if the answer is no to all of them, it's probably time to A, hire a stylist, B, start getting rid of things, C, start shopping and only buy things that make you feel sexy, powerful, and alive or sexy, confident, and alive. Oh, I love that. Oh, wait. And another question that I wasn't planning on asking, but- how to know when to get rid of something. Like, and if it's like, you know, the thing where you're like, oh, I've had this for so long. It's so great. Like I can see myself wearing it again. And maybe it's not like an everyday thing, but you're like, but I also haven't worn it in like over a year. Like, yeah, just the like yeah. stuff that's taking up a lot of space, like could be a good option. Maybe like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. yeah I think my easiest thing is would I buy this again? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Would I buy this again? And then also I get a little bit, I have to say that I get a little bit, I'm typically a pretty gray person when it comes to closets. I'm pretty white or black. I'm like, what are we allowing to stay that does not belong in our life? And Mm. and there's, because if there's a lot of dead weight, heavyweight in your closet, there's probably a lot of dead weight, heavyweight, other areas in your life that you're not willing to Mm. be really, really honest about like, I don't wear this. I don't love this. This isn't my next level self. This is not where I'm going. Yeah. So to be able to really be very honest, I think takes a very brave person and somebody that, I mean, I work with high level executives and CEOs and business owners, and they are like, I think the people that are willing to say, you're right, that doesn't come into my life, or you're right, I would not buy that again. So that gets to go find another home somewhere else. Those people grow quickly because they're willing to evolve quickly. And I see that that's a direct parallel to how much you're willing to evolve. And yeah, it's not comfortable. Let me just tell you, it's not comfortable because you're like, well, I loved those sweatpants three years ago. And I'm like, okay, but do you love them now? This is so good because, because yeah, because thinking about it as it's taking up space, right? Like in some way, likely energetically too. Right. And like, I'm thinking right now with my, like, I have a two bedroom house. And so I have two full closets Mm -hmm. and I have two full dressers and my closet in my bedroom has shelves that have clothes fucking stacked up on that. Like I do not need all of this shit. Right. And you probably wear, I mean, evident, like this is even science. You wear 20% of what you have in your closet. The majority of people wear 20%. So just, and people, when they're like, I'm doing a closet cleanse, like definitely, first of all, I mean, this is what I do. So you're, I have programs and everything, but so if yeah. you're like, ah, how do you do a closet cleanse? I, one of my favorite things to do is just say, okay, every season, pretend you're going on a two week trip. So we're in winter right now. Take a two week trip. What are you packing? Cause the things you're packing are all your favorite things. Yeah. Everything else get rid of. That's such a smart strategy. If you're going on a two week trip, like what outfits would you bring? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that. Super smart. So good. Yeah. Cause I even like, I just bought like a bunch of these white socks. Cause I'm like, Oh, I kind of like that. Like a vibe for the gym. Like, I think it's kind of like this, like, you know, nineties vibe sort of thing. And I'm like, but I have plenty of socks. I don't need these. And it's not like a money thing. It was $10 for 10 pairs of socks, like whatever, not a big deal. But I'm like, 
And like, if I have even just socks, so basic, I'm like, if, even if I have socks that are like, I'm just holding on to because they're still, they still work, but I don't like them. <laughs> like, like, why am I holding on to them? Okay. Oh, I feel like I just want to like now go clean out my closets. Okay. So last question on style stuff, maybe at least what I've written down in my question so far, how to be stylish and keep up with trends without fucking shopping every damn week without doing all this like fast fashion stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yes. I think buy it once, buy it right is one of my little mm. like things. So that's one of my tips. I have a couple, I have three, but I'll just say, I'll kind of go into each of them. So one yeah. is buy it once, buy it right. So that means if you're going to buy like that. a buy, you don't need to buy five different pairs of the jeans of the season. Just buy one that you right. love. It might be two, $300, but buy it once, buy it right. And yes. same thing with a coat. A coat is going to last you five, sometimes 10 years. So even if you're going to buy a fancy ass product coat, buy it, buy it once, buy it right. Yeah. And- Instead of buying like five that are way cheaper to have all these options when it's not actually the one that you wanted that right. makes you feel best. Right. Buy what you truly want. And a lot of times people will like say, but Alyssa, I can't afford that. And I'm like, well, okay. You might not think that you can afford it, but I'm looking at five different coats that you don't wear that are were each $300, or you could have bought the $1,500 one that you'll have for five years. And you can even pass it on to your children because it's generational. It's made to last 40, 50 years, not two years or one yeah. year. Hmm. So, and that's a little bit of a mindset shift, I would say, because, and I just think about this, somebody that I used to work with and when his mother passed away, she passed down all of her closet to the grandchildren. And it was mm-hmm. tons of Chanel suits oh, from wow. that she'd collected over 50 years wow. of her existence. Which and is like inheritance. <laughs> that is inheritance. Like, and I, and this is a lot of time. I know there are people that will listen and be like, that's total bullshit. Alyssa, what are you talking about? Like, you know, we're just, I shop at Costco and good for me and all that. And I'm like, great. If that's like what you do, great. And also I'm going to say that there's a different, I, I'm just ex- showing you a different way as well. And it feels so good. Let me tell you that I bought a Max Mara coat and they're not cheap. And I put that thing on and do you know how many compliments I get on it? And mm. I feel like a fucking queen period. Mm. And it's not about the coat. It's about me owning who I am in this world and what I'm meant to do in this world. I put that coat on. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the vibe that I'm at. This is who I am. Yes. And it's not about because it's expensive or whatever, right? It's like, no, but that's the one that feels like the fullest expression of me. So that's why I choose it. Right. And, And I like what you said too, about like a mindset shift too, because I think this applies for business, like just so many things is thinking of like longevity and legacy, not the like immediate instant gratification serotonin hit, right? Like, yeah. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I have two more. So the second one is to get a rental subscription. So I love (gasps) rent the runway because for my fast fashion, like needs for that, it's a hundred bucks a month and I get five pieces and I can rotate them in. So I buy really expensive basics. I buy really expensive things that will last a long time and rent the runway is quick because I can just be like, oh my gosh, I'm super into lime green right now. But you know what? Honestly, I probably won't wear lime green next year or in the next two years. 
but yeah. I want to wear it right now. So I'm going to, I mean, I just did, I ordered a lime green dress, which I'll probably wear three times. I can always rent it again. They are very, so then clothes aren't entering those like fast fashion things aren't entering up in landfills. Super smart. And it's not cheap. You know, it's like a $600 dress. So yeah, it's not cheap things. It's high quality things that right. I'm renting. So buy it once, buy it right, get a rent the runway subscription. My third option or my third recommendation is, well, this is kind of, I mean, this is like maybe a two part one, but I love buying secondhand, like going to secondhand stuff. And that's not really addressing the trend stuff, but that is, I think that you, it just brings out your creativity and, and there's so much good stuff at, at these. Yeah. I've gotten some, like I got a really cool leather jacket from a secondhand store for like maybe 50 bucks, 25 bucks. I forget exactly. But like, I like finding one, like costumes, that sort of thing for sure at secondhand stores, but then also like leather stuff. Cause it's like worn in, in yes. a cool way. Right. Yes. And of course it's going to be so much more affordable. I like denim from secondhand yep. places. And then yep. even some, like, I found some really great, like random dresses too yep. at places yep. like that. Like, yeah leather boots even, but yeah, I like that a lot. And vintage and also vintage designer stuff. Again, you know, it's funny because I was just reading like a note that I had in my phone today that was, you know, we set goals for a year, but I want to know like in a hundred years, what do I want in a hundred years, which we never talk about that. That was one of these things like, okay, what is it? That's my legacy. Like in a hundred years, I probably won't be here. So what do I want my legacy to be? And my legacy, I want my legacy to be kindness, generosity, like big, you know, that, but I also, you know, I feel like I'm setting my children and my children's children and the whole world up for how I want to be. And I don't want a whole bunch of clothes and landfills. Yeah, I like this. And this is a great segue into talking about motherhood stuff. So you became a mom in 2022 and like, you know, real talk. Yes. Within a committed relationship. And it was a surprise, right? Like not exactly planned. So like, I would love to know like all the wild stuff that went through your head when that, like, cause especially being a like driven businesswoman, like all that kind of stuff. Like when you first found out you're pregnant, like what all, like, how the fuck did you feel? (laughs) I mean, so again, I talk a lot about this on my, I have a whole episode about like surprise mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, so many things I could say about this, but I think I grew up and I didn't necessarily think I wanted to be a mom. I, all of my ambition was very, I mean, this is very, very transparent, very like, you know, I saw my examples for motherhood were, I grew up super Christian and in a very religious environment. And so I saw the women around me and in my little brain, I was like, wait a minute, all the women are doing all this work and not getting to enjoy their lives. Like it felt like all these moms were moms and, but weren't well taken care of and weren't well, just like in their own pleasure. And so my judgment on that meant that I was like, not going to have kids. And my goal was, okay, I'm not going to be, I have kids. I'm just going to like, go make a whole bunch of money and do life. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't, I can't have my own life and be a mom. I either like, and if I'm going to be a mom, then it's not my life anymore. Yeah. Right. And so I had a lot of, a lot of kind of mountains of 
just shit that wasn't mine, honestly, because mm. I, I want to say that you can be any kind of mother that you will be and you want to be. So I spent all of my twenties really, I mean, I was married before and interestingly, we didn't have kids. So I thought maybe we couldn't have kids. I thought, I mean, we didn't really try, but I was very career focused and very, you know, empire building to focus. I should say. And then at 30, it all blew up and, um, or I blew it up. I should say, I just, you know, got divorced, sold properties, you know, we had quite a, you know, multi-million dollar property, you know, portfolio and sold all that off basically just started from the ground up. And mm-hmm. with that, I was like, I never thought the divorce was in my life at all. I thought for sure I'd have children right. with this person. So all of a sudden I was 30, 31 divorced single and kind of had to come to terms with the fact that I might never have kids. Mm -hmm. And I know this feels young to have that thought, but I was like, well, I'm going to date somebody, date somebody for four years. It might not work out. It might work out. I really have to be okay with not having kids. So I, yeah. Hi, 36. And yeah, yeah, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Fun, fun things to think about. (laughs) So I like mourned that. That was a deep, deep Mm -hmm. grief of like, and kind of, I had somebody say one time, imagine the worst case scenario and come to terms with that, be okay with that. And like, you'll be fine. And so I, that's what I did. I was like, okay, worst case scenario. I don't have kids. Would I be okay if I didn't have kids? And I was like, I will, I will survive. I'll like, this is how I can, you know, I can be like the fun aunt. I have tons of nieces. I can start college friends for them. I can like do whatever I want to, I can take them to trips. I can like do that. Then I started dating now my now boyfriend, my now partner. And I was still, when we started dating, I, he knows this and it's a funny thing to say, but we started dating and I was like, this is just fun. I am just having fun. I just got out of a divorce. (laughs) I am like, listen, mama is going wild. Like so in touch with my sexuality. So in touch with like, like just dating dynamics too. I was in my prior relationship. I was very like in my masculine and very, and when Mm. I say that, I was very like achieve, 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 like burnout, 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 do it all, do it all. Like I can do this. I can do this. And and I just, I mean, it did. I burnt out. I was like, I'm done. Yep. So really practice. I mean, he doesn't even, I mean, I think we've talked about this, but I just practice. Like I would really love it if you took me on a date, mm, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. Like, I love it when you bring me flowers. Cause he was like such, would always bring me flowers. And it just like, oh my gosh, made me so happy. And yes. Learning how to speak to the masculine. Yeah. Yes. Game changer. Game I love changer. when you do this. Thank you for doing uh, this. Thank, thank you for you. always. Mm, yes. mm, I appreciate when yes. you, da, 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 right. Yes. And then they do it more. And sharing <laughs> vulnerably too, like not feeling like I had to have all my shit together and really saying, this is what I'm feeling. And he would instantly want to solve that problem and, and help mm. me in whatever way it was. And so I really learned it helps that my partner is just like hot and manly and you know, very secure in his, like, he just has that presence, a very masculine presence. So we dated and it was wonderful. Again, I was just, I, from the beginning, actually both of us from the beginning, I was like, this is just fun. We're just having fun. (laughs) So then we did, yeah, we just had fun. And then in COVID or actually really 2021 hit, no COVID 2020 hit, we were living together. And all of a sudden this shit unprocessed shit for my divorce came up. And I was like, Mm. I cannot do this with you. I need to heal this. I like 
this is not yours. I need to heal this on my own. And right now I need to go do that. And it was really hard. He didn't really quite understand. And I didn't have the words for it at the time. I just knew I needed a time of separation. So 2021, we broke up, you know, broken up for eight months. I lived like single girl Alyssa life. I was really, this is all getting to motherhood. I promise. No, that's okay. Like, <laughs> hey, I like, it. I like, I like um, bring, coming along for the journey. We're coming along, right? <laughs> In our breakup season, I was convinced that I wanted to be with like a New York billionaire. That was my goal. That was, I was like doing kind of bi-coastal. I was like dating up a storm in New York. I was convinced I wanted to be with a New York billionaire. That's, I mean, that would be nice, right? Like, yeah, I was like, that is who I'm dating. So I did. I went on a couple, I mean, they're baby billionaires on their way, whatever. And I remember we were sitting, I was on a date and Mandarin Oriental, beautiful overlooking whatever that park was. And we were kind of talking about kids and this guy, this baby billionaire was like, do you want kids? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, do you? And he's like, well, the only I do, but I don't really want to be involved. Okay. He didn't say that. He said, my only involvement that I really want is to meet my partner for parent teacher conferences and that's it. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, bye. For real? Yes. For real verbatim at words out of his mouth. And I was so taken aback, but I was also like, you know what? I'm good so for him happy. knowing what he wants. He knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted like a baby mama and he was like, I will provide everything, but I don't want like any childcare situations. And I, or like after, really being involved or like, yeah. not like even having a relationship with his kids. Yeah. He just was like, I don't want to be in charge of any of child rearing other than I will meet for parent teacher. Wow. Interesting. It. And I was like, so, I mean, he was not a bad guy at all. Like I just, right. Right. I just, he was very clear with what he wanted. And then that made me very clear on two things. One, I want to be the baby billionaire. Like, why am I, I'm trying to get what I want from a partner when that's really just what I want to step into. And then the second thing is I deeply want a partner who wants to be involved in in the life of his children. Like that's, I want a partner, a teammate. I don't want like some weird, like powered, like, I don't want a hierarchy. I want, well, and that's important too, like to have like a, a strong masculine presence as well. Right. Like, Wow. Yeah. So yeah. those were kind of the two things that I, and then it was great. I'm so thankful that I went on that like dating journey and that healing journey. And because then Richie and I got back together for some dates and, and it was so wonderful. It was so healing. I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm home and I don't have to be anybody. I just get to be like pretty messy and raw and not imperfect. And I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm just, mm-hmm. let's just go have a cocktail and have fun. Like that's how, that's how it always is with Richie. And so we did, and we had some cocktails, had some fun. <laughs> and a month <laughs> later, I was pregnant. But it was like the best thing. I think we both knew that it was ha- like it was happening. I don't know. I just I remember getting pregnant. I like basically remember. I mean, the day after I got pregnant, I felt I wrote my daughter, who is now with us <laughs> in the flesh, a letter because I felt her so strongly and. Even yeah. before you had confirmation mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. So cool. That's so yeah. cool. It just gave me chills. I love that. Yeah. And I knew I felt her. It was like, I, we called her the baby of peace before. I mean, I started writing her letters called the baby of peace before she was even, before I even knew that I was pregnant anyway. So then, yeah, that's been, so then 2022 was pregnant pregnancy kind of, you know, we had to move back in together, which, and then deal with some of the stuff that 
you know, when you just leave a relationship, you don't actually have to process through some of that stuff. Yeah. And so it was pretty rocky when he moved back in and we moved back in together. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I've hurt you a lot and you've hurt me and we have to kind of figure this out. And then in August, my daughter Merrick was born. And when's when's her birthday in August? August 5th, 2022. Okay. Little Leo baby. Little Leo baby. And it's been and the here's like the biggest turn, twist and turn is I being a mother is my favorite job I've ever had and my favorite thing I've ever done. So I don't know how that fits into my life story other than I like love her. And, you know, even this morning, I just almost every day I'm like, I can't believe we get to live life together. Like time, Mm -hmm. it's the biggest gift. And I get why people are like, oh my gosh, there's not enough time in this earth. Like, I feel like such a gift that we have been given life together on this earth together in this time. It's the biggest gift I've ever been given in my whole life. Oh, I love that. You're making me yeah. get teary. I know. Like, <laughs> I just, it's hard. I don't know. It's just, oh. I think, I, I think too, and this is encouragement because I think I saw parenthood from a really wounded place and I spent all my twenties healing mother wounds and father wounds mm. so that I, and granted, we're never all healed. We're always learning. We're always growing. We're always evolving, yeah. but I am to the place where I can say like, I am parenting out of overflow and not out of deficit. And I'm parenting out of like, I love this and I love you. And I have taken care of my side of the street enough to have stuff, have overflow to give you instead of, I think a lot of times, or what I had seen was parenting out of a need that's an unmet need and having children meet an unmet need. And so when you just get to say like, there's no unmet needs here, it is, I know how to take care of myself and I get to just like shower you with everything that I have. That's motherhood for me. What have been some of the biggest like lessons for you in becoming a mom? To surrender. That's probably the number one thing. So I believe that ultimately, I I think there's a tendency to control a lot and, but I have to remember that ultimately I believe that I live in a, in a universe, in a world where the goodness of God, this will come in some of my upbringing, but the goodness of God is good and better than even what I can imagine. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to surrender and know that it's not just like that, God and the world is all working together to help parent her. It's not just me. I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons. So just to surrender to, yeah, it's good. Like it's going to be good. I think other lesson is that I can trust myself and I wish I, all moms could know that we have deep and not just moms, dads, all humans have deep innate wisdom and we outsource our knowing to everybody else other than ourselves. And so I would say that it's made me much more appreciative and powerful in my knowing and voicing my knowing. So I think that's definitely, those are some of the things. I mean, honestly, you know, it almost gets into this, like this kind of telepathic type of situation too. Like, you know, and I've told this story before, but sometimes she'll wake up from a nap and I'm like, how was your nap? Tell me about your nap. 
and I get all of a sudden I get visions that I are not mine. You know, oh they're not gosh. mine. Ugh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wow. Or, you know, I've just been feeling this inclination to, we have been listening to gospel music and all this like weird music that I, I'm going to tell you that I don't <laughs> think ever, my entire life put a gospel, any kind of gospel music on in my home. And yet I feel like there's her presence communicates what she wants and she's very musical. And so I feel this need to have a piano in our home and sing to her. I don't sing. I don't even know how to sing like that. Like poor Richie, my poor partner has to like, listen to me, like <laughs> butcher any kind of song because I can tell that she always singing and she's five months old. I can just tell that that's. Oh, it's so her. freaking cool. That's yeah. so cool because like real talk, everyone, like we are born so tapped into intuition, so tapped into psychic gifts, all that kind of stuff. And like that shit is real. And it's just like through, like, we forget that we have access to that. So that's so cool that you're like able to feel that and connect with her on that. Yeah. Like, how special. Yeah. I would love to hear like, how has it made you a better CEO? entrepreneur, businesswoman. Yeah. I feel like I have boundaries like a motherfucker. I mean, one of the best, man, I had to do some real hard things, but basically if you detract from my energy, I don't care about your money, get away. And that's a really, I before would probably, you know, have been okay to, uh, you know, maybe not have that strong boundaries. I'm like, you know what? I can take it. And now I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to take it. There are like, no, because you'll absorb that and then she'll feel it. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and then it's just such an energy drain that I want to be living out of my overflow. And if that is, you know, net like loss, like it's just not, not even worth it. And I mean, it just happened. I refunded somebody recently, I guess, end of November. And I just was like, this isn't a good fit. I can tell that this isn't a good fit. And it was a, different lead source than normal. And, you know, it just felt weird. And so I feel like this mama bear, like vibe too. just like, I don't care about you. Okay. That's not true. I don't care about (laughs) you. Well, let's end the interview. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I care about my family, the things that bring me joy and happiness, my business, my clients. Like I have a very, very clear like what the queendom of Alyssa is, is Mm. very clear. And how you get there, how you get in is you're either paying client, you are a friend or I'm paying you. That's pretty much it, you know, like, yeah, that's it. So if you're not in there and that's been a really, I mean, that's really hard because I'm somebody that like answers texts like immediately and DMs immediately. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, somebody just recently the other day was like, Alyssa, can you, I'm going through my closet. Can you just tell me if these are good and bad? And I was like, no, I actually <laughs> can't. Like, and I had to say the email that send that text that, you know, I'm at max capacity and my, I'm at capacity with my current clients and my family, you know, that's a hard thing to say. Cause that <sighs> to me reads like, Alyssa, you're like a bitch. And yeah, you're being mean. It would have taken you a few mean. seconds, a couple yeah. minutes to you're just do mean. that. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're being mean. And how like, you know, I can easily get into like, well, how much on your high horse are you that you can't even be that like, and I'm like, 
you know what, there are programs, you have like five different ways to access me that's paid that will feel better. But right now, like me going through that with you for 15 minutes, it turns into an hour is taking away from things that I care about. In my right. Life. I love that. I love that. What have been some of the hardest things to juggle with it? Like, you know, unfiltered. Cause yeah, one, like not even just from the outside, but from our conversations, like I know that like things are happening so beautifully for you mm-hmm. and like, yeah, big change too. So yeah. yeah. So what have been some of like the really tough things? A few things. I think scheduling now I'm getting into, she's five months, five, you know, five months old. And the first four months were pretty, I would say easy. I like traveled with her. She was kind of just amazing. Now it's getting a little harder because she needs more attention and we're juggling, like trying to hire, do we hire a nanny? We have some help. My partner's mom is very involved, but you know, that's hard. So that's just the sheer I work. And I felt which goes into my second thing is this. I feel like there are insane expectations on mothers that Mm -hmm. I've had to very, very clearly recognize, dissect and kind of give it back to people, which is really hard. I have felt guilty that I work. I have felt guilty that I don't work enough. I have felt guilty. Like it's all of this. And it's, so I think that's been the hardest thing is just these un, you know, moms, you know, you hear motherhood and it's like, oh my gosh, they're like self-sacrificial, not to be supposed to be like sexual or not supposed to be successful. Or there's just all of these things that we have put on what we think mothers and celebrate mothers as. And it's like, if you take care of your needs, you're selfish. And if you work, oh, you're selfish. It just, no matter what, somebody has an opinion and So I've really, really done a lot of work with my energy healer, actually, you Mm -hmm. know, to unprogram or to deprogram some of those like deep, deep beliefs about what a mother is. And so that I can really path, pave my own path. Yeah. Which actually that's like such a good segue into my next question. Cause you did a post a few months ago, I think that was about, career, ambition, motherhood, and saying that you didn't see that model growing up. And you'll have to fill me in on more of the flavor out of that post, but it went quite viral and you got like a ton of like, so much hate. I know. So fascinating. So tell that story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think I still am not quite recovered from it because yeah, I wrote this post and it was just like, finally becoming the mother and CEO that I never saw growing up which I was like, wait, this is great. I, right. And, but people bring their own, so much of their own shit. (laughs) And I was wearing this like really cute. And you guys can see the post is wearing this like really cute two piece, you know, outfit with a little belly showing and a jean jacket over it, a skirt and a top. And I had like, and like, you know, Merrick was asleep. I don't even know if Merrick's in the picture, but I was like, this is good. Like, I was just feeling like, thank God that this exists. And I, the amount of people that I got that were like, I mean, yeah, it did go over. I should see how many thousands, tens of thousands. I think it was like a hundred thousand views or something insane. You know, just a big post. And I got like hate from the DMs. Like, well, one, all the post in the post. And thankfully I deleted some of them. And then some of them, my friends came up to that, which in the comments, yeah. Some of them DMs, but some of the comments were, you are invalidating. The audacity of people to slide into likely a stranger's fucking dms total stranger well and then also there's like some weird 
peripheral family hate too, not from my nuclear, not from like my, the family that I like, but like, you know, people that maybe are in Aren't super close, like super close yeah, extended family, extended or are witnessing like, you know, fans in the stand and not really actually in the game and somehow say, oh my gosh, you know, and whatever. Yeah, talking shit game. about the family, you know, and like that can be their, that's their shit. Like you have yeah. to kind of line in the sand. That's their shit. That's not my shit, but it's tough. It is really, really tough. So anyway, so I, and so people took that to say, that I was invalidating stay-at-home moms and invalidating. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if I now being a mother, I see stay-at-home, like somebody that's working in the home as actually like an insane gift that you can give any human. And if you and my philosophy on life is to do the thing that brings you the most joy and the most happiness. And I have some of my best friends that are like, all I want to do is be a mother. And that's what I want my job to be. And I'm like, please, please, please lean a hundred percent into that because that is going to fulfill you and make you that please do that. Like I need somebody that's like, if that's your joy, like, I think we just all have to follow our joy. And Mm -hmm. anyway, so I did, I got so much hate for it. I really, it was, like I said, I wasn't quite recovered because I, it was an off, it wasn't even a, like real, well, you, well, like a, it wasn't a post that you like likely thought was gonna no. go crazy, right? You're like, no. oh, here's a spicy one. I'm gonna share. No. Oh, watch out, right? You're like, yay! Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I posted. I was like, yay! This is so fun. I like love it. I felt good. I, you know, I had like after being pregnant for nine months, and then all of a sudden, I like have lost thirty pounds overnight because I didn't have a huge tummy, you know, a huge human in my belly. And I just thought, okay, I'm like getting this thing. I'm getting to know how to do motherhood on my terms and how I want to do it. And of course I got hate for it, but I think that also just triggers the collective and, you know, and I have, thankfully I have a lot of support in my life where that's exactly what one of my friends said is was like, listen, sometimes you trigger things and because they haven't been there, they haven't seen that modeled, you know? And so they haven't seen a woman who is in enjoyment modeled. They haven't seen motherhood in enjoyment modeled. What we've been modeled is tired, stressed out, unsupported mothers. That's what we've seen modeled and whether no matter what. And so what is it, if what model, if I can be anything, if I can be an expander for anybody to be somebody that is like a well taken care of a thriving mother, that's what I want. Yes. I love that. And it's so important too, with that kind of stuff. Cause like, even when we know, like you have a high level of emotional intelligence, right? Like we both do, like we get the social media shit and like other people's projections and all that. And even when you know that, right. Like when that sort of thing happens, like it's not fun, right. To open up social media and be like, well, here's a bunch more comments Uh of people telling me I am terrible. And I don't deserve my child. And I don't, and just like, my gosh, like it was really mean. It's interesting because I was like, okay, 2022 is the year that I am like ready to go viral. Here we go. I'm ready to be. (laughs) And then it happened. And I was like, wow, you have to really, I mean, and I don't know how people deal with it. I mean, I see the comments on some of these celebrities or some of these like influencers pages. And I just think, how do you keep an open heart and still produce and have people being so mean? I don't get it. It's hard. Yeah. It's wild on social media, right? 
we are like eaten up this time. I'm like, oh, I could keep going. I'm like, have a whole section of questions we didn't get to, (laughs) which is totally fine. But two things that I want to touch on and then we'll close it on out. But you talked about have that you used to have like a ton of guilt over like having a lazy Netflix day. Like how did you, and that you no longer do. Cause like same, like I used to even sometimes still, if I'm like, Oh, it's 4 PM. All my work is done for the day. I'm just going to like go run some errands. I'm going to cook. I'm going to watch some TV. I'm going to color and maybe do my puzzle. Like sometimes then I'm like, but like I have energy to keep working. So why am I not, you know, like, or like spending a whole Saturday watching movies or something like that guilt. And then, yeah. So I'm so, I would love to hear how you reframed that to now, like not feeling guilt over it. I like to think rest is my strength. So I, I used to say that like productivity was my, like, like, oh my gosh, like get it all done. And I'm like, no, it's rest is my strength. I always am better when I'm well rested. And often, you know, when you're, when I'm tired, I'm not at my best. And so, and I had a boss one time I was in marketing or sales and marketing. And he was like, when you're in marketing, you're always on because you're always thinking about business essentially. And he said, you can take, turn it off, but really you're always thinking about it. And you have to give your time that your brain, that space, that creative space to just like gnaw on things or kind of turn it around. And I've like thought about that a lot because when I'm in Netflix, I do try to just turn my brain off and just like have fun or whatever. But the truth is as business owners, I'm always thinking about how am I going to do this better? You know, what am I going to do? And it might just be a passing thought. It might just be, and I like that. I have to like come to the realization that I actually built a business that I don't want to escape from. And, and if I do am feeling like I need to escape, then there's time for some some more boundaries and some more something else. But for the most part, I don't want to escape from my business because I like my clients. I like what I do. I've built that. I've like really honed in my zone of genius so that I'm operating, I would say most a lot in my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so how not to feel guilty. I just know that I'm rest is my strength. Like I get so, I get so recharged, so filled up. Um, and then also living with, I lived with one of my best friends and she had so much love and just loving like so much space to love the parts of me that I rejected and, mm. and to bring that was really helpful. And I think in the personal development space, we can often say, it's almost like we do things that are, okay, this is your problem. You're going to fix it. Here you go. But this was actually more in community. We were able to, I felt like a lot of love from her for things that I had shamed myself for. Mm. And that was really, really powerful. So I would say, you know, just bringing a lot of love and self-acceptance and rewriting the narrative, my own internal voice around it to where now I don't even like question it. It's like, not even a, I just, it's like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to do it. And then last, well, second to last question, your relationship with crying. You said you used to like, you know, like just have like make yourself wrong for that, all that kind of stuff. And so, cause same, like I used to see Mm -hmm. crying at, and you know, if you guys would have heard this in Alyssa's episode on her show, but like, you know, both women who had been very stuck in their masculine energy and like only operating in their masculine energy. And so really like, you know, I used to very much see crying as a weakness, right? Vulnerability, weakness, like all of that, which like, so same now, like I am such a crier, like, and I'm not like a big, like 
long dramatic crier, but like even just in our conversation today, like I got teary with things that you were sharing. Right. And so like, it's very accessible for me and feeling things big and all that. But even if I'm feeling stressed or frustrated and I'm like, oh, we've got a buildup of energy right now that doesn't feel good. Maybe I need a one minute cry, a 30 second cry. There we go. And then I'm great. Right. So yeah. So I like, I'm embrace the tears now, but I would love to hear how you reframe that for yourself. Yeah. How do I reframe it? I think I just, well, okay. I think I realized that there's like so many things I could talk about, you know, with this, but I just stopped making myself wrong and making up any Mm. kind of stories about what was and like, what was, is that I'm feeling emotion. So there you go. Done. Feel it done. There's no, there's nothing big about it. It just is what it is. Oh, I'm crying. Okay. Done. There's no big dramatic anything about it. It's just Mm -hmm. is I'm feeling emotion. So I express the emotion. And in the end, I think the bigger thing around that is I read, I mean, this was like probably more years into kind of feeling comfortable emoting, but, but I read Oprah's book. I can't even remember. It was all about essentially emotions and Oh my gosh, it's going to drive me crazy, but it's not what happened. It's not why, but what happened or something like that. And, and it's written with a child psychiatrist who talks a lot about how we process emotions and how we process trauma. And that in other cultures, there are lots of ways to process things somatically, you know, Mm. whether it's like a grief ceremony or, you know, crying or whatever it is. And in America, we don't have that. We don't have very many things. And so I have, and crying is one of those things where it just, it's a way that your body will get rid of any kind of, well, not get rid of, but just feel something. And so I really took that book to heart because obviously I'm talking about it right now and it really helped. Oh, I'm feeling this and feeling this. Okay. Done. Mm-hmm. And just let it be what it is. And if somebody else has a problem with that is like, Oh my gosh, you're too emotional or you're too, too, too. That's them because somebody that has knows how to be with emotions will never say you're too yeah. emotional, too angry, too, too, too. If somebody has emotional depth and has been there, then you're never too much. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody communicates you're too much or you're something or is uncomfortable, I will often flip that and realize, wow, you are not comfortable with yeah. your yeah. You're too much for what I'm comfortable handling. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So And then one of my favorite things ever that Jerry Seinfeld said (laughs) was, you know, he was asked a question, well, why do you do this? Tell me all about this. And why do you keep in contact with this friend? How have you kept this date for 50 years or whatever, you know, every day talking to your best friend? And he's like, it's not that hard. I just do it. I do it because I want to do it. And that's the end. And I always think that's like the most spiritual thing ever, because exactly, you just do it and there's no noise around it. It just is what it is. And you just do it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last two wrap up questions. Those were the like, go. you know, meat questions. These are, you know, the like standard questions. So one, where can everybody find you and how can they work with you? Yes. Right now? I would love to talk with you and to work with you. So my, the best way right now, we're going through a website, I'm literally in the process of a website rebrand. So, and that will be up here pretty soon. So Instagram is the best place. It's a list. 
Elissa M. Williams. So E-L-I-S-S-A-M Williams is the best Instagram place. Website will be my name in upcoming like a month. So, and that's alyssawilliams.com. Those are the best ways, best way to work with me. Everything is really from there. I take on, I do take on about one, one one-on-one client a month. That's pretty much kind of where I am, like in terms of, and then there's always, there's group group Mm -hmm. programs that I do. And then also certification. So if you want to be a stylist, or if you're like, wait a minute, I love how this girl is doing styling. I do it differently. We call it heart-centered styling. Check out the school of heartcenteredstyling.com because that's where we can, you can get certified. I love it. Yeah. Be sure to check Alyssa out. And then last question that I ask everybody on the show, because this show is called Amplify. Obviously it's about owning your voice, your truth, and really living out in the world as the most fully expressed, authentic, aligned, abundant version of you. So you have a quote, question, tidbit, something to leave the audience with, to support them in stepping into like, yeah, the most amplified version of themselves. If you were to do whatever you wanted to do, if you were to give a hundred percent, what would your next step be? Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. So good. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun and yeah. See everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic.